Je luistert naar een boodschap van C3 Church Amsterdam en Almere. Wij zijn een kerk van geloof, hoop en liefde. Voor meer informatie over onze kerk kun je terecht op onze website c3amsterdam.nl of c3almere.nl Wij geloven dat deze boodschap jou vandaag zal bemoedigen, inspireren en bekrachtigen. Beautiful. Hey, uh, who loves David Spark? <laughs> You're looking, looking sharp, David. Looking good. Dressed, dressed well today. <laughs> What amazing people you are. It's just so good to uh, be in church. Really. Who was here yesterday for team battles? Yeah. Sleep well? <laughs> That was an exhausting afternoon. A beer. Where's the beer gone? It's gone upstairs. What doesn't she do? <laughs> Serving all over the place. She's just a bundle of fun, isn't she? Takes all sorts to um, build the church. You shouldn't compare yourself to somebody else. It's like comparing apples with pears. Ah, ah, a little thought goes into everything we do, even the fruit we hand out on the door. You're going, why didn't I get a banana? I would have loved a strawberry. No, it's important you had an apple or a pear. Do not compare. <laughs> you are unique. Het is dus apple met peren te vergelijken. Ja. <laughs> You're unique. Every one of you unique. Today we're going to try and tap into the sense that God's got a purpose for every one of us that's unique to you. Nobody else can do what you're meant to be doing. It may look the same on the outside, the sort of job and uh, the activity, but you bring something unique because of who you are. There's a purpose that God's knitted into your life that is only, uh, something only you can do. Only David can give an offering message like that. Many of us give offering messages, but only David can do it like that, dressed as well as that. <laughs> You're wonderful. You may take a seat. It's good to have you here. Can we give the band a hand? Fantastic. Well, it's Next Step Sunday. Next Step Sunday. Some of you are going, what is Next Step Sunday? Well, um, we'll let that unfold over the next 30 minutes or so. Uh, but before we do that, uh, I'm going to interview someone. And um, there's my apple and pear. Just uh, <laughs> so you don't forget through the message, you're unique. You might want to be an apple today. The pear, the pear's not performing. <laughs> um, but I'd like to, uh, part of Next Step is uh, talking about the, uh, the things you can do to take your next step, to grow in Christ, to be a follower of Christ. And this series is called Holding Nothing Back. And that really is a great description of someone who follows Jesus as someone who holds nothing back. Uh, we give everything. 
to him. Uh, but there are steps involved in that, and we try and make that uh, clear for you, and we put it like this. We talk about connect, grow, serve, and disciple. Uh, we encourage you to connect into one of our services because this is where you find God or know God. So we say connect to know God. And in this place, we find that every week people are getting saved. They're discovering they uh, can know God and, and we all deepen our love for and knowledge of God. And then you move to a step that says, I want to grow. And uh, in that, we talk about finding freedom. And you find freedom by being part of a connect group. Because it's in our connection with, connections with each other, we find our freedom. I'll, I'll come back to that in a bit. And, uh, and then we talk about serve. Serving is about being in a team, being on the team, being on the, on the pitch rather than in the stands watching on, being part of the activity. Because it's in getting involved, you discover what's in you. You discover, wow, I didn't think I could do that. Or uh, it's just a great sense of fulfillment to use my gift. And we encourage you to do that. And then disciple, that's about making a difference. So we talk about making a difference because you've got an influence when you help others take their next step. And so that's connect, grow, serve, disciple. And Jonathan Halbrecht is a great example of a server. So Jonathan, come on up. I want to interview you. And uh, let's put our hands together for Jonathan. <laughs> Beautiful. He, he nearly killed all the men yesterday. One of the, the, one of the games, I don't know why they called it a game, it wasn't a game at all. We, um, we, torture, it was a torture. Um, we had chicken, chicken um, wings, and on it he poured uh, the hottest sauce he could find, apparently 600 times hotter than a jalapeno, and I can believe it having tasted it. Uh, it's one of those where you want to run around breathing deeply, any cold air you possibly can. In my case, drinking water, mistake. <laughs> so, Jonathan, I forgive you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> tell us, uh, tell us what, team you, what teams you're serving in. Uh, I'm serving in uh, Citro Kids and Media Team. Woo! Media Team. Kids. <laughs> Two teams, that's greedy. Uh, and um, what, what has it done for you? Is it, can you just tell us what it's added to your life by serving? Uh, yes, serving helps me uh, yeah, love other people, uh, not to think about myself. Right. And uh, actually helps me how to humble myself. Oh, yeah. beautiful. You seem like a humble person to me already. <laughs> really. And, well, that's cool. That's really good. Developing. Isn't it interesting that when you begin to serve, it brings out the fruit of the Spirit? That's yeah. what you're talking about, love and patience. You've got to be very patient. Yeah, for yeah, sure. <laughs> people are annoying, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> especially, um, especially teammates. They can be really frustrating. Uh, teammates? Um, no, um, no, not at all. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, just my team. My team. I, I've had to learn patience. And they've had to learn patience with me. Because ah. <laughs> I can be annoying as well. So it's good to serve because you get to know each other better. And uh, I mean, there's no point in the Bible saying forgive one another. If you never spend time with anyone, you'll never need to forgive them. Right? <laughs> so it's a good way to test out the scriptures. Um, 
Tell us why you serve. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, there's one scripture I really love is that Jesus came to the earth to serve and uh, not to be right. served. Right. And yeah, what he shows us is actually that serving is actually an act of love. And wow. that's, that's uh, really nice to see that. And it really amazed me. Um, um, it really amazed me to do it as well. Wow. Yeah. Serve because he did. That's a great motivation. Yeah. For sure. And one thing you didn't mention is you also lead a connect group. Yeah. And uh, I can see now why your connect group is so popular. Yeah. If that's the spirit that you take into it. Uh, you know, if you're loving on people and serving out of a motivation because you love Jesus, then mm-hmm. that's, that's why your connect group's doing so well. <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, um, all these guys are wanting to obviously serve. They want to be on the team. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about some of the positive things you've seen in, or give us an example of some of the positive things you've seen in the teams you've been in. Uh, kids, um, it's for me, it's beautiful to see the children is... Uh, yeah, giving their life for Jesus, and wow. that is the most amazing thing for me. And yeah. uh, it's really nice to see they already want to serve as well, right. <laughs> to serve others and helping wow. other children. And it's really, really awesome to see that. Wow, is that what you're doing there in, in kids? That's beautiful. Um, yeah, together with the team, of course. Not yeah, yeah, no, sure. <laughs> but that excites me because it, 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 we have worked hard to try and see that the church is one family, and from very youngest to very oldest we can all connect, grow, serve, and disciple. So that's what you're doing with our kids. You're helping them find Christ to connect with him, grow by connecting with each other, serve, and that's where they're going to find their purpose. Some of those kids are already discovering their purpose. That's awesome. Come on, let's put our hands together for Jonathan. Thanks, man. Cool. Hey, turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 13, and uh, I want to talk over the next few moments about, uh, or take you through a story that really illustrates uh, what we're talking about today, and that is taking our next step. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I preached a message called The Last Arrow, that is just give it all you got, keep pounding the ground, keep shooting till the end. Um, and last week, Lisby talked about the last cookie, so she talked about give it all in hospitality, love on others, embrace others, do it well. And that was phenomenal. I listened to that in the week. And um, I could call this the last step, just to make it follow the sequence, because in this story you'll see four men who took a step, took their next step, but it could have actually been their last step. And uh, they weren't to know what was about to come. But I've called, it, uh, I've called it take a step, because it's a little more positive than, uh, than your last step. None of us want to take our last step. So 2 Kings 7, verse 3. So the scene here is the army of the Arameans have got the Israelites trapped in the city of Samaria. And so they have then also cut off food supplies. So what they're trying to do is starve the Israelites, uh, protected in their their walls, um, which is a lesson for us. You know, we can put up walls around our lives and find that we begin to starve in fear of an enemy who we shouldn't fear because as we'll discover in the story God has gone before us to create a victory for us because you've got a purpose here on earth to fulfill and so they were stuck in the city and the Arameans were camping around the city uh, and it got them stuck and there were these four guys we'll call them Dan, Bram, Sam and Finn 
Uh, just for the sake of argument, there just happened to be four of the eight top most popular boys' names in the Netherlands. But um, uh, just in case you're about to have a child and wondering what to call it, Dan, Bram, Sam. By the way, they're in a time of famine, which is why I chose the one should be called Finn. That was a little better than the Dutch service. They didn't get that at all. <laughs> and, and about three of you got it. 2 Kings 7, 3, it says this. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. If we stay here, we will die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, then we will die. That's a pretty desperate situation. Um, at dusk, hey, um, dusk is the last moment of the day. It is never too late to take a step. You're never too, old, you're never too young, but you're never too old. You, 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 your life is never full of enough regrets. You can never get to a point where you go, well, I've, I've just blown it all. Because there is always, always another chance. They had left it until the very closing moments of the day, but they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, so that they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp just as it was, and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp, entered one of the tents, and ate and drank. Then they took silver, gold, and clothes, and went off and hid them. What are you going to do with what God's given you? Are you going to hide it? Or are you going to give it away? Just a little thought. They returned and entered another tent, and took some things from it, and hid them also. Then they said to each other, what we're doing is not right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out to the city gatekeepers and told them we went uh, and told them we went to the Aramean camp, and no one was there, and not a sound of anyone. Only tethered horses and donkeys, and the tents left just as they were. The gatekeepers shouted the news, and it was re reported within the palace. I will skip a few verses because it talks there about the fact that they didn't believe this news. Uh, how could that be? Um, surely the Arameans are, uh, are waiting in ambush to get us. So they send out some soldiers to check out the news. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every time we felt like we should take a step, there would be a guaranteed outcome? <laughs> uh, so you take a step, and I, I, I'm going to ask you at the end of this service to take a step, if you don't know Jesus, to give your life to him. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you were given right now, before you take that step, the assurance that that would lead you to being in, in eternity with Jesus? But he doesn't give you the assurance until you take the step, and then you get the assurance. Wouldn't it be wonderful if you were to think, well, if I said yes to this project the boss wanted me to do, it would guarantee me a promotion. But there isn't that guarantee. 
And so all through life you find that the next steps God calls us to take have that element of our, our need to trust and just keep taking them anyway. There were no guarantees. So anyway, they sent out, they sent out the soldiers to check it all out and, and, uh, and they discovered, the soldiers discovered that it was true. The, the camp had, dis- the army had disappeared. They, they, they chased where the, the army had gone to and found that there were clothes on the ground and things and no sight of the Arameans. God had created a victory that day and there were four men who dared to take a step, discovered their purpose, and open up a gate to freedom for everybody else. You're here today because you got a purpose. We had lunch the other day outside, and we were um, plagued by wasps. Who hates wasps at lunchtime? <laughs> so, but I've got a bug zapper. It's an electrified tennis racket. Uh, and uh, they're awesome. You sort of fry the wasps. I killed about five during the period of lunch, and there were many that escaped. And so you begin to ask yourself, have you ever asked yourself that question, what on earth are wasps here for? Why wasps? So I began to research. I thought, why wasps? Because they, obviously their purpose is not to be fried on an electrified tennis racket. There's got to be a deeper reason. God's not like bringing them for our entertainment or our humor alone, only as part of their purpose. But... Um, uh, I discovered that they're here to pollinate. And so uh, a wasp pollinates flowers and trees. So without wasps, we will have less flowers and less healthy trees, which produce oxygen for us to breathe. So by killing wasps, we're creating more problems than we solve. Dolphins. Did you know that a dolphin goes after the weak and diseased fish, not the healthy ones? What are they doing? They're cleaning up the ocean to ensure that disease doesn't spread amongst the fish stock so we have healthy fish populations. They're not just cute animals. They're here for a purpose. Okay, so what am I trying to say? If a wasp has a purpose, if a dolphin has a purpose, surely it can't be too hard to believe that the pinnacle of God's creation, you and I, human beings, are here on purpose. You're not just here to make this place look better, although you do. You're not just here to bide time until you die. You're not just here to uh, get up, go to work, come home, watch Netflix, uh, eat in between, breathe, go to bed, wake up, watch Netflix, over breakfast, go to work, have lunch, come home, and so on. That's not your purpose in life. That is parts of your life, but it's not your reason for existence. And you know that, I know that, because in, deep inside of you, you're wired for meaning and, and wired for influence and, and wired to make a difference. I bet every single one of us have, have, have said to ourselves, I want to make a difference. Uh, if you haven't said it consciously, you would have subconsciously had that feeling, I want to make a difference. Uh, uh, surely there is uh, more to life than just this. And it's my job today to help you keep developing that hunger to say, I want more. That is, I'm grateful for what I've got now, but I'm not satisfied with what I've got now. I'm grateful, but I want more. And it's not a lack of opportunities given to us. There are all sorts of opportunities that come away. It's usually just our reaction to those opportunities. It's our slowness to seize the moment. 
And so if there's anything we can help you with as a church is to stay on the front foot and go, I'm ready. What, what are you bringing me, Lord? What have I got to do next? What is my next step? What will help me forward? Do I need to develop a regular prayer life? Do I need to give my life to Jesus? Do I need to have a circle of people around me who believe in me? Do I need to, to, to explore this thing of being on the team and, and serving, maybe using my gifts? Is there something I need to do? Is there an opportunity I need to seize? And so you will find in your seat a next step card, and I'm announcing to you this 15 minutes ahead of you needing to fill it out. I've filled out mine already, but you can, um, you can uh, use that a little later to say, this is my next step. That's in your seat. So let's just go back to the story. We've got Dan and uh, Sam and, and Brahm and, and, and Finn. Um, and uh, so they, they get up, they, they make this decision. We cannot sit here until we die. Surely there's, there's an opportunity here. Surely we might have a hope of living if... But if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go back into the Sumerian city, we're going to die. So we, let's give it a go. Let's just, let's just try. And so they get up and they begin to walk through the desert. Now, I don't know about you, but I reckon if it was just Dan sitting there outside of Samaria on his own, he would have had those same thoughts. If I go back into the city, I'm going to die. If I stay here, I'm going to die. But if I go to surrender to the, to the Arameans, maybe, just maybe, maybe I'll live. But if it was just Dan sitting there having those thoughts, the probability of him getting up and doing something with that thought is a lot less, right? But because there were four of them, all right, which is, which is the start of a connect group, we start our connect groups with four, five, six people, when you're in a connect group, you're more likely to take the step that's going through your mind because you've got someone next to you going, give it a go. You can try it. There could be freedom at the end of this road. It's my desire that you find freedom in Christ. It's wonderful when we find Christ, but God's got a, a growth path for you of freedom. You know, from those old thought patterns, those old lifestyle patterns, those the, the past, the old, and you'll never discover the new until you get rid of the old. We were in Intratown the other day and trying to find a gift for someone and we walked through the barbecue section and it was all 40% off. And, and so I thought, I've got to buy one because I'll save money. And uh, so I started looking through these barbecues and, uh, and then I got the sales uh, advisor over just to talk us through the difference of each one and and he's, he's trying to sell us the barbecues. And I said, why such a big, because that's a big discount, isn't it? Um, so I go, why such a big discount? And he goes, well, we've got to get rid of the old to bring in the new. You see, you've got to get rid of the old if you want the new that Christ is trying to bring into your life. But to get rid of the old on your own is a lot harder than getting in a circle with other guys or other girls or other people who, who can encourage you on the way and, and they share a scripture with you, they pray for you. You, 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 you get to the point where you know them well enough to share a vulnerability and, and then they encourage you and, and pray with you and you find your life grow, goes from strength to strength, from one degree of freedom to another degree of freedom. And I'm convinced that there were four of those men. I, I don't think it was an accident that God placed four of them outside of there, not just one, that Dan wasn't on his own. And so as they're walking through the desert, 
as this connect group are walking through the, the, the desert toward the Aramean camp, uh, unbeknown to them, what God had done is put a little microphone chip in the sandal of each of their feet. So you've now got four sandal, five, um, eight sandals, maths, um, eight sandals, uh, each with a microphone chip in, and he had put these huge speakers at the corners of the camp of the Aramean army. And uh, as they walk through the desert, the uh, amplification of their feet were, was blasted out into the, uh, this is exactly how it happened, uh, blasted out into the camp. So instead of just, a, a, and they were trying to walk silently through the sand, they didn't want to be discovered. But unbeknown to them, in the Aramean camp, it was, it was sounding like a huge army was attacking them. And so they start going, well, it can't be the Israelites. They're trapped in Samaria. They've gone and hired the Hittites and the Egyptian army. And so they've convinced themselves they're under attack from every side. It was a God amplification of these four men. That is the power of a connect group. When you get into a small circle, it amplifies everything. The, the sort of the synergy that happens. One can slay a thousand, but two, ten thousand. That means three can slay a hundred thousand and, and four can slay a lot more. The work of multiplication. And so they're approaching the camp and, and, and they get there and they go, where is everyone? We were ready to surrender. Place is deserted. They start raiding the tents and finding food and scoffing their faces and collecting the clothes and the jewelry. And, and, and their first thought is, This is amazing. God is so good to us. And do you remember that feeling when you first got saved and, and that sense of freedom? And you go, Wow, God loves me. And uh, He's blessing me. And, and you know those days when everything just works for you? It's like, Yeah. I'm blessed. <laughs> I, like, uh, I, I hate it when people say that. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah. Well, wait till next month and <laughs> and, uh, and let's see if you still live it out when the going gets tough. <laughs> but they're good days, you know. I, God wants to bless us. Really good. But uh, the challenge is they're feeling, yeah, I'm blessed, man. God, you know, we, we'd, we'd read, in, in, um, we'd read in, in Jeremiah, it hadn't been written yet, but we'd read in Jeremiah that God has plans to prosper us and not to harm us, give us hope in a future. And, and of course, stories have gone down through the ages of Moses delivering the Israelites out of Egypt. And they, so they had a background, uh, a theology, I guess you'd call it, of, of a of a thought that God was their deliverer, he was, he was their savior, he was wanting to bless them, he was wanting to do good for them, and, and now they were experiencing it, and their immediate reaction was, this is for me, <laughs> let's hide this stuff, if we hide it, we'll have enough for later, and, and, and that's, that's not totally bad, it was wrong choice, but it, uh, it, it's forgivable in that when you find salvation, when you first come to church and you experience what we do in, in this place and, and you get to know God and, and, and then you, you start to connect with others and you know freedom, it, it, it's understandable that the first thing you do is simply you enjoy it. You embrace it. But then God begins to speak to their heart, speaks into their, their conscience and, and says, this, is, this isn't right. I've given you salvation. I've given you freedom. I've given you, you gifts and abilities. And, and, but there's a responsibility that comes with that. 
There's something I want you to do with that. I want you to go and serve the very people that had rejected you because they were lepers. Their own people had cast them out of the city, which is why they were outside the city, left to die. And yet now God was calling them back to serve the very people that had not been good to them, the very people that they were going, no, they wouldn't listen to us. They wouldn't hear what, they wouldn't listen to the message we've got. And yet in that moment, because God was speaking to them, they're willing to do something with it. They go, this is wrong. We have a responsibility. God's blessed us with salvation and freedom and, and we've got gifts. We've got to use this. And so they, they head back to the Sumerian camp thinking, we, 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 need to, we need to declare this message. We need to serve these people. We need to offer them the freedom that God has offered us. And as they do that, so as, you read, as we read in the story, we begin to see that the future of Israel begins to unfold again. A future of purpose and meaning and influence. Simply because four men took their next step together in their connect group, found the victory that God had brought for them, decided to take what they had and serve others with it. They discovered the purpose and meaning of their lives. We don't know whether they lived or died. We don't know whether the leprosy got healed or not. But what we do know is if even if they died tomorrow, they would have tasted the meaning and fulfillment of purpose today. And there's nothing sweeter than knowing that you've tapped into the purpose of God for your life. There's nothing sweeter than knowing that you're right where God wants you to be. Every one of us today, right now, we're in the place God wants us to be. But there's more. Everyone say there's more. I want more. As I was leading up to this Sunday, I was challenged by some things I know, or a thing particularly that I know is my next step, my next thing I can do to, to carry the responsibility of what God's given me to help others. And, and so that's what I've written on my card. Some of you, as you write on that card, will be going, well, there's no space, there's no box for me because I'm already serving. I'm already baptized. I'm already in a connect group. I'm already... And there's a couple of other things you can tick there, and you're going, no, well, maybe there's something else. Maybe you're, you're, you're grateful for your prayer life, but not satisfied with your prayer life. And you're going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a focus, a spotlight on my prayer life right now. Maybe for some of you, it's, it's to do with your Bible reading, or maybe it's some other challenge of taking up a responsibility. Write it on the card. Hold yourself accountable, because God has a purpose for you. Many years ago, I, many years ago, I was, um, in fact, as I was growing up, I had sort of two desires in my life. One was to do what I'm doing today, although uh, at the time I didn't know it would look like this. I just had this desire and, and sense of call to serve God in some way like this. And, and then I had this, as I left university, I was seeking a career. I just had this desire to, um, to be a, a management consultant um, my father, uh, my parents are here, by the way. Let's just welcome them. And uh, my father was uh, uh, an accountant, but really spent most of his time advising businesses, and it just looked so much fun. I thought I'm going to be a management consultant. Um, but then, what does a 21-year-old have to offer any business? I knew nothing about business, so I was told that um, the way into it was to study uh, to be an accountant. So I applied for those jobs and got offered a job with Ernst and & Young. And, uh, and then a little time after that, uh, I, I just was thinking about 
my life and was this the right thing and realized I actually didn't want to be an accountant. I actually wanted to be a management consultant. So I declined the job and ended up spending a couple of years uh, sort of doing internships and things, worked for an evangelist, and then, and then sort of stumbled my way uh, into human resources as a career. And, uh, and at the same time, we got married and, and got stuck into our local C3 church. And, and we, were, uh, we were beginning to get involved. We joined a connect group. And, and then uh, we were starting to get on team. And we did all sorts of things, did all sorts of things in that church. And then a pastor asked us to become connect, pastor, uh, connect group pastors, uh, connect group leaders. And um, I re- resisted that for a while, actually. I wasn't ready for that step. Um, we eventually gave in. And, and continued our pathway. It's okay to resist as long as you eventually give in. Right? <laughs> just, just go with God. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, so, and so things developed and we found our lives growing. And, and if I'm honest with you, all I did was take what I uh, was learning in church and I took it to my workplace. I was learning sort of different attitudes and I was finding myself and my freedom in Christ and, I, and how to serve and, and I took all of that into the workplace and tried to do the same. And, and so over the eight years, uh, my, my career grew in different directions and then uh, uh, I, I went to hand in my res- resignation because uh, we were asked to take on a campus, become campus pastors of the church uh, that we're part of. And, uh, and so I, I handed in my resignation at the company, and they said to me, um, do you need to be doing this full-time? I said, no, actually, I, I, they, they're only going to pay me part-time. Uh, I need a part-time job. And so they said, well, we've got an offer for you. Uh, we'll keep paying you the same money. You come in just half the week, and uh, we'd like you to set up a department in this insurance company uh, of management consultants. And so... The grand finale of my career was I became a management consultant for nine months and, uh, and, uh, and recruited uh, six to eight management consultants to, to do internal consultancy for this insurance company. I tasted the sweet spot of purpose. God will give you the desires of your heart as you keep in tune with the next step he's got for you. And, and I, I treat that moment, those nine, it was only nine months. The job was to, uh, was to develop it and then hand it on and move on. It was almost like God going, you didn't really need to have this because your main purpose is this, what I'm doing now. But it's a, it was a desire of your heart and I'd wired you this way. And so I'll give you a taste of fulfillment. God's got something for you. He's wired you in a way that he needs you to be doing something. It's not even just that we need you to be doing something. Although the more musicians we've got, the, uh, the more hosts we've got, the sooner we can start another location and keep reaching this region and this nation. We started a location in Nijmegen last weekend out of our church in Arnhem. Praise God. It's amazing. It takes people. But it's not so much even that we need you. It's that you need you and God needs you to be doing what he's called you to do. There's a purpose for your life. So don't underestimate the next step. Don't underestimate the power of you taking the next step. Oh, what difference would it make if I move from praying for five minutes a day to ten minutes a day? Don't underestimate the power of what God is convicting you to do. Oh, what difference would it make if I join a connect group? You know, I'm, life's pretty good. Don't underestimate the power of the freedom others are going to bring you into and the freedom you'll bring them as you connect with them and do life together. 
Don't underestimate it. If these guys had underestimated it, Dan, Brahm, and Sam and Finn would still be sitting outside. Well, they wouldn't. They'd be dead, but they'd be, they'd be sitting disappointed outside the city, never tasting the taste of their purpose. Their purpose was to bring freedom to the nation. Can we close our eyes as we come to a close? And I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God to speak to you. And I'm going to ask you to grab that card. I'm going to challenge you, every single one of us, to fill it out. And as I said, if you're already doing a whole lot of that stuff, maybe God's challenging you about something else, you can write on there and take that home. Holy Spirit, we thank you for how you've wired us. We thank you that there's purpose in our lives to fulfill. Thank you that you've called us to meaning. I pray you'd speak to us now about what our next step is. What can we do? to keep moving forward, growing as disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm just going to give you a moment. Grab that card in your seat, you'll see, or under your seat, you'll see a pen. It says, connect, grow, serve, disciple on it. Grab a pen and fill out that card. Please um, don't forget to put your name and your number and or your email address because someone in the next few days will contact you. So if you've ticked a box about serving, someone from those teams will contact you and start talking to you about what team you could be in. You'll notice that we haven't just listed a list of teams. We're more interested in tapping into who you are. So we've expressed it differently. We've asked the question, are you creative? Or or are you good with detail? Uh, Because then we can help focus you on the sort of teams that will help bring out that, uh, that gift orientation that you've got. So just have a look through those. Maybe you're in a team and you're going, you know what, I feel like I'm ready for the next challenge and it may be about switching teams or leading a team. Just put it on there. That's cool. And then at the bottom of the card, you'll notice there's other options there for a connect group. If you really want to deepen your foundation in your faith, we have a group called The Journey Begins that starts this Tuesday, actually. Uh, it lasts for five weeks, um, five sessions. And, uh, and we have a, if you want to enrich your marriage, we have a marriage enrichment group that meets over six sessions, I think. Um, if you're about to get married, we have a group for that. If you'd like to get married and you're not yet dating, then... Uh, Come to a connect group, a mixed connect group, a mixed gender connect group, (laughs) and uh, we'll hook you up with someone. Uh, We have all sorts of connect groups in church, all sorts. And if you want to know more about the connect groups available, go to our Next Step Hub. It's in the foyer. Go to the Next Step Hub. If you want to know more about the teams, go to the Next Step Hub. You want to get baptized? Indicate that on the card. We'll, fo- we'll follow you up. We'll come and give you a call and talk you through it. Wonderful. No two people are the same, right? You're all different, all unique. Don't fill out the card just like your neighbor's filling it out. This is for you. Are you an apple or a pear? I think there's oranges out there too. It's for those who don't fit into apple and pear.
I think I'm an orange <laughs> out of the box. You may be here today and maybe your next step is to give your life to Jesus. Or maybe you have been walking with him, but you've been away from him and you need to come back. And that would be your next step. Or maybe you come to church, and, but you keep getting these thoughts of, I'm not really sure if I'm going to heaven. And right now, I'm going to pray for you if you're in that situation. So I'm just going to ask everyone to close their eyes right now one more time. What we're going to do is this. It's very, very simple, but it's very, very important. If you're in one of those situations in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand so I know who I'm praying for. Just put your hand in the air and then put it back down. And then we're all going to pray together. And then I'm going to ask you, if you're willing to do it, just to write it on the card. Say, yeah, I made a decision today to follow Jesus. Because I'd love to have contact with you. That's all I'm asking you to do. So right now, if you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus or you're coming back to him today or you want to be sure you're going to heaven, just where you are, could you quickly raise your hand for me? high in the air and then put it back down and then we'll pray wonderful, thank you Lord thank you Jesus beautiful don't underestimate the power of this step thank you it's wonderful, beautiful who else is there today it's lovely, you can put your hand down so maybe one more person here today. Please don't underestimate the importance of this. You'll know you need it because you're not feeling at peace with what I'm talking about. But the moment you say this prayer, you will feel at peace. And so let's all pray this together. And even if you didn't raise your hand and you wanted to or you're too nervous to, that's fine. Just make this prayer yours right now. Say it after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past. I give you my life. Live in me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I pray for these people right now that their hearts be full of your presence and confidence and assurance and hope. Pray that they, as they walk out of this place, they'll know that you're with them, that you're on their side. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Come on, why don't we give God a hand right now for that wonderful, beautiful. So we're going to stand and sing. And, uh... Bedankt voor het luisteren naar onze podcast. We zien je graag terug in een van onze diensten. Kijk op onze website voor tijden en locaties.